Welcome to the Three Things Podcast. I'm Glenn Kubish. I'm in Edmonton. I'm on my bike on 91st Avenue in the Parkview neighborhood where we live. I've pulled over to the curb to watch the fall colors in the little park for just a few seconds longer. This ain't New Hampshire. The wind is coming up. The reds, yellows, greens, browns, and oranges will go quick. And so this week, top of the Three Things list, a disappearing act. Off the top of the podcast, that was me a couple of days ago, a couple of blocks from home at my favorite no-name park. It's not big enough to have a name. There's no list of donors there, no lines of verse inscribed anywhere. There's no plaque. But somebody with some command of autumn colors was behind it. This is the time of year that that unknown planner or planter should receive a bouquet of thanks. Now, the little park is not a postcard view of Edmonton, and I've yet to see fine art students there painting it, but still, it's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a kind of magic. It's a slow-moving magic act, as the green leaves that we've had our eyes on for a couple of months and gotten used to are transformed, abracadabranch, into bare trees, but not before some dazzling colors. It's not magic, I know. It's the chlorophyll breaking down at this time of year. It's not magic when someone cross-checks bush, tree, and shrub autumn pantones and comes up with the eye-pleasing mixture. What's remarkable, though, is all the time that has to elapse between watch what I'm going to do here and ta-da! And so, yes, thank you to those farther-seeing ones who treat us at this time of year to a bit of now you see it before winter's inevitable, now you don't. two to air is baseball. You don't have to be a baseball fan to appreciate what didn't happen in a game between the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox last week. You just have to appreciate how rich Major League Baseball players are, how highly skilled they are, and how error-prone they can be. In the space of one inning, four separate players, two on each team, dropped easily catchable for millionaires, pop flies, or pitches. Together, those four culprits Let's spell it out. Yankees DJ LeMahieu and Joey Gallo and the Bo Sox Bobby Dalbeck and Christian Vasquez make more than $28 million a year. U.S. Of course, there's nothing at all routine about catching routine flies under the lights at raucous Fenway Park on national TV in a wild wild card race no matter how much you pull in. Routine plays have more to do with the wicked skill level of the players who lull us to sleep by making it all look easy. But they still make glorious mistakes. Typos still happen. I enjoy finding typos in the texts I read, not to feel superior at all, not because I could have found them, but more because typos prove that typos still happen. In our advanced age of control, typos still happen. They sit there on the printed page forever like gargoyles on the face of a basilica mocking our dreams of perfection. There's a beautiful practice between writers and editors that I learned in my newspaper days. If an editor spots a mistake or picks off a typo, the writer's not embarrassed or defensive, but grateful, says thank you, and then, like a fan at a baseball game watching that left fielder make a routine outlook routine, says good catch. Number three, delivery day. Thank you. Have a great day.
Are you a book sniffer? I used to be. Okay, I am. When the doorbell rang and the delivery person handed me the cardboard package, and after I had carried it, strangely carefully for a reinforced package that had already been shipped across the country, carried it to the dining room table, I pulled on the glued flap, heard it pop, pop, pop in a scent, and opened the package slowly, peered in, strangely reverently considering it was peering in at a replica of thousands of others in its printing run, to see, without touching it yet, the book, its black spine, the author's name in white capital letters, the publisher's red badge, and then doing what might seem bizarre to do to a book full of printed words for the eyes by instead closing mine and opening the hardcover instead, I breathed in whatever ink and pulp and glue and other chemicals are used to concoct that smell. I'm pretty sure the book will be great, but the promise of a book, the anticipation of living in a made-up real world for the next week or two, the prospect of reading sentences the world has not yet seen and heard, that's what a new book smells like. And so, have a good weekend, friends. It's a good time to stop and smell the proses. If you don't want to read a book, may I suggest a video of Norm MacDonald? Here's some bonus audio of Auntie Sheila alone with Norm in our kitchen while I was watching baseball downstairs. See you next time.